Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, this is Pia Baranchini, and welcome to Everything is the Best, the podcast where I get vulnerable and make others do it with me. The goal here is to deep dive into interesting people's journeys, finding common denominators, and hopefully making you feel not so alone. So let's laugh, let's cry, and let's get inspired to live our best lives. Hello, my darlings. Our cats is everything, literally. A founder, designer, artist, entrepreneur, mother, wife, and the co-creator of Seed. She's also a fellow at the MIT Media Labs Center for Future Storytelling, was named in Marie Claire's The New Guard, The 50 Most Influential Women in America, listed on Business Insider's Silicon Valley Top 100 and 36 Rockstar Women in NYC Tech, and was recently included in Create and Cultivate's 100 list for STEM. After years in many fascinating jobs, from film to tech, Ara zoned in on her passion for health, which started after her mother's passing and realized the microbiome was a confusing and untapped market that deserved a proper solution. We discussed her multi-hyphenate career, what it's like to start a brand so left and right-brained, leaning into success and her advice for fellow founders. Enjoy. Tell me a little bit about your background, what you were doing before Seed, and then the genesis of Seed. Yeah, I mean, I have like a very, I have a very strange, a very eclectic background that does not make a lot of sense on LinkedIn, uh, <laughs> but really very, very strange kind of background that combined kind of storytelling, tech, and design. Um, and that kind of that kind of shape shifted throughout the years. I mean, I I've always been a lifelong science nerd. My mom actually passed away when I was in high school, and that was my really first brush and experience with like researching clinical mm-hmm. trials and really like oncology and you know just how that world like works. And um, I've been around biotech my whole life, and so I I'd say lifelong science nerd and optimistic skeptic, but also from the storytelling perspective, I think I a lot of my work really was always, I've always been like, how can you push a format or a medium in some unique way? So early on my career, I was like producing a number of films, always like through the lens of kind of some sort of interesting format or a kind of unique way of maybe thinking about it. I worked with a lot of 
extraordinary filmmakers. And then in my academic life, I like at the media lab at MIT, I was a fellow there and I, I started this group called the center for future storytelling, which is like, you know, thinking about all the ways that story and like technology, like even like a, an ATM interface is a story like thinking about like, what are we going to do? Like, we're going to have all these interfaces. Like, what are we going to do? Like, where are these, like, what are, where are the human moments going to be in all this? And and as we progress, if we don't think about that. And then in consumer, uh, I started to, I was on the founding team of two and and started a couple of e-com and mobile commerce companies. I was really lucky to be at the beginning of a a lot of stuff. So I just kind of always felt like tech is my favorite. My favorite thing about tech is like the audacity um, (laughs) that people create with like, ideas that really actually change our world that we never go back. Like I think back now I launched, um, I was the, one of the first 14 partners, you know, on the cool screen and the Apple uh, presentations where we, I was one of the partners, my, my company spring launched Apple pay. And like, that was oh, like wow. at the time, like revolution, you know, you're like, Oh, you could touch a button on your phone to pay for something. We course you like take that whole, it's amazing how we like quickly take that for granted. But so that was really, you know, for, for me, like a, a lot of my work. And then and then really I had a, I had a miscarriage and probably like a lot of people, you just kind of have these existential moments where you're like, what the fuck am I doing? Like I can make things, I can build things, I can tell stories, I can build communities. I had to, I had to sell things, I know how to raise money, I know how to build teams. Mm-hmm. And then you're just like, like, what do you do with all that? Mm-hmm. Like the world's hard and <laughs> there's so many things that probably are better use of my my time and my my brain and my heart. And Really, I think I knew I always wanted to end up back in science and health in some way. Um, I did not really want to go into like more traditional biotech or pharma. And I also, I was an early investor in like companies like Mind Body Green, and I, mm. I, um, I really watched the world of wellness like explode, of course, but felt you know for whatever whatever the last stat is like four point one trillion dollars of a business, and like we're still dying of non communicable diseases at yep. a rate that out, outpaces like everything. So it's like. I think the consciousness that that created and rippled out of just people being more conscious about their body is extraordinary and certainly much needed. I did though see it starting to become making people were making decisions about their body from marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I coming from companies that had no science and um, no, I mean, and, and I think that there's a lot of, I, I, I don't say that as like a hater. I say that as a, I think somebody who just thinks that there's a place where science and, and, human kind of consumer health can like meet that doesn't have to be like big pharma, but actually like the microbiome really was that. And I think for me, I got pregnant very shortly after my uh, miscarriage. I met my co-founder where I was pregnant. We spent an inordinate amount of time together, really thinking him from more academic science perspective. He always kind of knew he was going to move into microbiome and microbes and bacteria. And for me, from like more of my tech mindset and storytelling mindset, I was like, I'm not going to go into anything. I had so many opportunities, so many companies now that have done really well to be early on a bunch of these like wellness companies that really blew up. And I, I just knew whatever I did, it had to be like a zero to one space. Like it had to be this place, space of health that would fundamentally change the way we think about our bodies or, or the choices we make. Like it would be like the matrix. Like I, I knew that it had to be like this big framework shift for me to to substantiate like all the energy that I know goes into building anything. I'm sure you know this from your company. And so when it, the microbiome was, was it, and we just knew that like there, it was just at the beginning of the field. We knew that microbes were going to start playing a huge role in our health. And it was going to have, it was going to be a tsunami and a tsunami that was never going to go back. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like the microbiome is not like charcoal lemonade. It's, uh, it's <laughs> it is going to change the way we treat cancer. It's going to change the way we have children. It's going to change the way we eat. 
And that was, and that was really my journey. And then of course, like our, our, on the consumer side, to your point earlier, you know, from a storytelling perspective, the idea that you could use the microbiome as a, as a narrative device so that people could see their bodies differently, think about their bodies differently, make choices differently, um, help them see the matrix. But of course that also meant that we could, we could market and we could put extraordinary science because of our scientists, you know, into our formulations and take the rigor of biotech and of life science and put it towards something consumer. And of course, in probiotics, as you pointed out, it's such a confusing and hyperbolized, mm-hmm. sensationalized. And we we're like, well, we can bring real science. And, and I also knew from a storytelling perspective, we could bring a tremendous amount of integrity to a category that needs so much education and precision uh, and stewardship so that people are not buying probiotic tortilla chips and thinking that. <laughs> <laughs> Beekeepers Naturals is disrupting the conventional medicine cabinet by creating nature-powered medicine that actually works. My friends at Beekeepers Naturals use a very special potent natural ingredient called propolis. And if you haven't heard about it yet, it's time to hear what the buzz is about. Bee propolis acts as the medicine of the beehive. It fights germs and protects the bees with over 300 beneficial vitamins and minerals. And guess what? It is just as beneficial to human beings as it is to our favorite pollinators. Take Bee Immune Propolis Throat Spray as a daily ritual to support your immune system or spray it to soothe a scratchy, uncomfortable throat. I use it often before I record on the podcast. And when I'm traveling, it is in my pocket. I use it every day to make sure whoever I'm with and myself does not get sick. For a limited time, Beekeepers Naturals is offering my listeners an exclusive deal. They will ship you a free two-week supply of Bee Immune Propolis Throat Spray. You just pay $5 for the shipping. To claim the deal, you must visit beekeepersnaturals.com slash best. This deal is not available on the regular website. So be sure to go to B-E-E-K-E-E-P-E-R-S-N-A-T-U-R-A-L-S com slash best. This deal is only good for March and April. Start prioritizing your immune health today. And if you don't love it, they will refund your $5. No questions asked. You can also find Beekeepers Naturals nationwide in over 2,000 stores, including Target, Whole Foods, and Sprouts. Everyone needs an escape, but those can be hard to come by right now. Enter Dipsy. Let yourself get lost in a world where good things happen and where your pleasure is the only priority. We know the story of boy meets girl, but what about girl meets girl? Or maybe boy meets girl and they meet another girl. Well, with Dipsy, the stories continue beyond the initial meetup. Come hear what happens behind closed doors. Spring has sprung and now it's your turn. Bring the warmth of the outside world back into your bedroom with Dipsy. If you're looking to heat things up, there's a story waiting for you. Dipsy is an audio app full of short, sexy stories designed to turn you on. Each Dipsy audio story features characters that feel like real people and immersive scenarios so you feel like you're right there. Listen to stories about hooking up with your hometown crush you never made a move on or that coworker you always had a little thing for or maybe a little story that puts you in bed with someone who's telling you exactly what they'd like to do to you. They release new content every week, so there's always more to explore, no matter who you're into or what turns you on. And if you need to wind down, Dipsy also has wellness sessions, sensual bedtime stories, and soundscapes to help you relax before you drift off. 
For listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash best. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to dipseastories.com slash best. Dipsystories.com slash best. Hey guys, I'm Maddie Orlando. And I'm Lauren Orlando. As you probably guessed, we're sisters. And we're also co-hosts of the podcast, The Sister Diary. Every week, we let our listeners into real-life conversations like the ones that we have at home. We have an eight-year age gap, so we always have a different perspective on things, but that makes it pretty fun. We talk about navigating life, growing up on social media, and pretty much anything else that we find interesting. You can catch a new episode of The Sister Diary every Friday. So often people's health journeys start with a death of a family member, which Mm -hmm. happened with my father and me saying like, wow, this is a man who's being pumped, pumped full of drugs and looks like, you know, the last like 10 years of his life, he was just like lifeless. And Mm -hmm. I remember saying like, you're not digesting anything, nor are you like you're craving really bad things. You like hit this like downward spiral. And I remember, and, and I said this to my mom the other day, I wish that I was older. Like he didn't have me so late. So I could have said like, we're getting you off everything and we're really going to start from your gut and we're going to heal you yeah. from your gut. And I think once anyone starts to take that, you know, has like an aha health moment with someone that they love passing, once you start you know, peeling the onion, it all just comes back to your fucking microbiome. <laughs> a lot, a, a lot of things for sure. Um, and, and sometimes directly and sometimes indirectly. And I think we're just, you know, a lot of it, we're just, we're more, we're really just starting to understand it. And it's not just your microbiome. It's also how microbes are going to be used in the future mm-hmm. to in fact, like, for example, there's really interesting research about how specific probiotics can increase the efficacy of chemotherapy, mm. you know, and, they're starting, we're already starting to see COVID data now come out about the correlations with the gut microbiome, whether or not you get COVID, how, how severe it is, um, and also how you can use probiotics to treat COVID. Um, I was just on a, there's a paper coming out. I was on the phone with the scientist yesterday, a 300 person trial, really interesting data. And so it's not just going to be like, what is the, like, how do you help what's there, but how do you also cultivate what's there mm-hmm. to look at how you can use those microbes that really evolved obviously within us over, you know, hundreds of thousands of years and then use them to do very specific things that could really help our, our body depending on the condition or the outcome. So yeah, it's such a fascinating field and, and there are so many unknowns. I mean, if just antibiotics alone um, and the indiscriminate use of it and how bad you know, impact them. Yeah. I feel like you're like the, (laughs) I just had this like cartoon image of you like fighting antibiotics. as like a superhero. (laughs) Well, look, right use, antibiotics will save your life. Of course. So I am more like the person I'd be fighting in the cartoon would be all of the, the things that are not of bacterial origin. And so that, that indiscriminate bacterial, you know, antibiotic use for sure. It's a big one. I mean, women, women who have uh, recurrent urinary tract infections certainly know what I'm talking about. Oh yeah. I had like, I was getting I love an overshare, but I was getting like a yeast infection a month for years of my life while also constantly having 
a sinus infection and being on anti, it was like antibiotic. It was just, and it's, it's a pattern for most people, this like cycle. How do you develop a probiotic that one, but two more so a probiotic that you can say, okay, like this is what we think universally we all need. Cause I, I can't imagine that decision-making process must be really interesting because everyone is so different. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it, and it also comes from like what probiotics actually are and they can do and what they kind of are, or at least have not been, have been understudied to do, but what people are happy to tell you they can do. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, for us, it really starts from like, first of all, it depends on where you're putting it. So if you're putting a microbe like topically on your skin as a probiotic, like the process um, and, and understanding that and studying it is different. The process of fermenting a microbe, like as you know, from wine or yogurt or like fermentation is fermentation. So really like, I mean, we start first from, I mean, really we're, we're very boring in, in the way that a lot of, I think, consumer companies start first from the perspective of um, what's a market need and how can I build a product? And we kind of come from what's the leading science and microbiome that we feel has been substantiated enough in like academia where we believe it would be ready for human application and where we as a company have the permission to be able to, to do that. Like we've earned the permission to do that. So, so cool. you know, for, you know, for us, it starts first from, you know, the, the most advanced research in, in, at least in probiotics for gut microbiome really started not surprisingly and why most people think about it for digestive health. If you think geographically, it's because it's in the gut and it's, that's where it's making the most localized benefit. So we really start from strains that have been studied and, or we study that are coming out of labs or academic partnerships where a strain is demonstrating like some sort of really like novel impact in the human body. So it could be anything from a strain that moves through your GI system to like signal tight junction cells. You probably heard of like leaky gut, yeah, for example. So you know how important like the gut barrier is mm-hmm. and that epithelial. So there's like microbes that probiotics that move through the, the body um, and they signal those tight junction cells. So like basically like keep it literally, they're like, Hey, keep it tight. <laughs> and that's, <laughs> a, or certain microbes take parts of your food or in our case, our prebiotic and they turn it into um, something like butyrate and they take part of your food in this, in our case, it's from the skin of a pomegranate. It's a compound called punicalgin. And then butyrate is the fuel source for your, the human cells of your, of your intestinal wall. And that's what keeps them healthy. And so, you know, and it's, and, and then there's just like in the world of oversharing, since it seems like, <laughs> like that, you can imagine people talk to me about their poop and their, vagina. but then there's just, you know, microbes and, and probiotics that will move through and, and trigger the neurotransmitters that re- control motility, which just is what makes you poop and be regular. So, you know, it really, I think the take home message would be, it depends what it's for. So like we develop microbes for oral care, mm-hmm. for example. But like that, it depends on like, what's it for? And then like, depending on the research and what it's been studied for, we'll look at um, making sure we understand like how it's working and what dosage does it require to do the thing? And how do you get it to that part of the body? Um, because, you know, bacteria is really uh, sensitive. Mm-hmm. It doesn't like heat. It doesn't like light. doesn't like water. doesn't like, you know, and, and, and oxygen. And so how do you get it to the part of the body to do the thing that you want? It to do. And so that's really like our, our, our process. But for the most part, at least for our DSO-1, which is our daily symbiotic that's available today, that was looking at 24 distinct strains, looking at what are the benefits for gastrointestinal and like digestive health, gut immune function, and then some really interesting novel strains um, were the first probiotic to increase, have strains that increase folate production in the body, mm. for example, like microbes create folate. 
we are uh, we have strains that um, work on the gut skin access that kind of dampen the inflammatory response for like a lot of different like kind of people with different um, skin conditions. Not everything can be regulated, you know, by for for skin. Uh, through the ingestion of of a probiotic, but there are specific strains that do that. And then another novel uh, outcome is uh, we have strains that that modulate what's called the gut liver axis. And that axis, you probably heard of the gut brain axis, but one of the things that microbes can do in the microbiome is that they can um, regulate the reuptake of cholesterol into the body. So keeping cholesterol out of circulating bloodstream. So that's cardiovascular health. So we really like when we when we formulated that that first product, it was saying like, how could you look at specific bacteria, like specific probiotic strains, not just for like digestive and and gut and, and kind of the localized kind of gut immune function, um, but looking at some of these other systemic benefits that the strains that we that we have and have put into the formulation could do. And then of course the prebiotic is quite novel as well. And so that was kind of the first product. And then the rest of our pipeline kind of follows the same idea. It starts from science, usually starts from like really rigorous research, early data that's not in humans and then moves into humans. Um, and then when it's been kind of substantiated, it has been published, um, we've generated IP, depending on each one kind of has a little bit of a different process. Um, we figure out and make sure that we can scale it up because you can, it's kind of like fine wine, right? Like certain, if you ask a winery to produce a million bottles of the same exact quality, it's very, it's yeah, very it's hard. Um, so fermentation, there's a lot of problems, a lot of companies, even biotech companies that are working with microbes where they get into like hiccups. And you, and we know this from like every industry, fashion, like anything. Yeah, did like you have scale. to fi- Did you have to start your own lab or, or were you able to work with a lab? We, we work, so, so we have kind of like an interesting model the, the lab that we would need for a lot of the mechanistic work or a lot of the, is like for skin is different than like oral is different than gut. Mm-hmm. And so we work with um, all of our scientists. Uh, we work with their various labs basically around the world. Each one of them have kind of like different domain expertise. Got it. Um, assays, the, the tests we need to do, the, the, the data we need to generate, like you need like domain expertise and we wouldn't build a lab that has like all of that in one. And then from a fermentation perspective, we have embedded... Um, fermentation within like larger partnerships in Europe, in Italy specifically, because Europeans are much better at fermentation than than we are. (laughs) Yes, they are. (laughs) Even just based off the wine and cheese. (laughs) It all came, you know, fermentation all came, you know, it all started with food preservation and then of course advanced, but yeah, a lot of the the origins of and, and and art of fermentation certainly is much better there than here. Well, it's fascinating when you consider that like now we're having to supplement with all these things when before like we had naturally discovered these processes that ultimately had these like wonderful benefits for us and we just don't really practice that anymore. Yeah, I mean... You know, it's look. It's a it's a it's a story that like makes a lot of sense. Um, it's kind of like how most like a lot of people kind of try and pick things out of like more ancient frameworks or civilizations or cultures and say like you know it's very easy to put all of that up onto a pedestal and say we used to do this, we used to do that. But you know, it's it's a it's a bit of a limited view. Most people wouldn't say I would like to pick out the way women were treated from that period of time. <laughs> You know, it's, yeah. it's a bit of curation that I think mm-hmm. um, there's a little bit like childbirth is another one. I'm sure that you that you probably have heard a million stories about. And, you know, it, everybody wants to believe that just like, you know, shooting a kid out in the, uh, the, the, the forest uh, of your of your vagina is like the most beautiful, like positive experience. But when you really go into like the history of childbirth, of course, there's like there's a lot to learn and uncover when you get into the nuance of, of these of this stuff. But that being said. 
the history of fermentation and microbes was not because it was good for us. It was because we needed to preserve Yeah, because we needed to preserve food. So I'm saying like these natural things that we just did to survive had these like weird positive. Totally. So, I mean, those were microbes that were really good because they had like a specific benefit in the body. Now, of course, what I think you could say is that there's a lot more, um, there was the ability to have like a lot more fibrous, you know, and there's other benefits to fermentation. There's other byproducts, not the microbes themselves, but there's other um, benefits to lactic acid fermentation. Or like, for example, in kombucha, it's very likely not not the microbes that are be- that are the beneficial piece, but probably the polyphenols from the tea. Uh, okay, so what is your opinion on overconsumption of kombucha? Because I feel like most people went really ham with the kombucha. I think my opinion is that it's delicious. Mm-hmm. I think like almost everything I think about the Western diet, um, we consume too many calories from liquids. Mm-hmm. It's like a huge problem in Western society in general. Um, sugar, 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 for the most part. A lot of the bigger commercial ones have a lot of sugar. A lot. So I, I don't, my, it's not about kombucha. I think it's just the way it gets commercialized. I think if you were asking me, should someone drink a kombucha over a Diet Coke? I'd probably say yes. Mm-hmm. Do I think that we should just consume this amount of liquid calories as a rule as for the future of human health? Like, no. But I do think that, as I said, I think that for specific kombuchas, you know, some of the, even some of the ones that are commercialized, I think probably getting more polyphenols in, in general into the human diet is probably a good thing. And I think there's probably polyphenols get broken down by microbes in your gut, um, which is, but, I, but at the same time, I'd also say I'd rather see somebody drink a cup of tea or matcha. Yeah. Yeah. I don't drink other stuff. I drink, I drink a lot of, I drink water. Yeah. Water. <laughs> I mean, you know, Novel water, water, water is wonderful. <laughs> Can't live without it. I'm very curious as to what your personal, like, I want to know like what, like what your routine is. Like, what do you, what's like your, your morning routine in terms of like, breakfast and drink. Mm-hmm. I'm just with all this information you have, you just must be like a powerhouse of Yeah, I just <laughs> like I get a McEgg sandwich every morning. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's the punchline. I mean, uh, mostly I I drink a lot. I a matcha or green tea mm-hmm. is my thing. Uh I drink a good amount of it. I'll, to your to your point like water with um I drink with a lot of lemon and I put a little bit of salt. I do it. that too. I think that ends up feeling more, more hydrating, mostly, pl- I mean, plants. Like I, I, I think, um, once in a while I have, uh, like something oat based, like oatmeal, like beta glucans and oatmeal again, are like incredibly good for your, uh, for gut microbes. So just like really plain oatmeal with like cinnamon. Um, if I do eat, I don't, I don't always eat first thing in the morning, but if I, if I do, um, otherwise I usually kind of like wait a while. Um, but I eat really, really early dinner. I mean, I think a lot of it, it's as I'm, and I'm sure like, you know, you, you know, this just from being in the, that world, but, um, or, and around the the health world, but like, I think time of day that you eat an amount mm-hmm. is all, and then really a, a diverse amount of plants and berries, um, and some nuts, honestly, like it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not very exciting <laughs> and long things like salmon or sardines. Um, but I don't, I don't need any other meat or chicken or a fish really besides just like sa- salmon or sardines. And that's just because it is really hard to get those long chain fatty acids from really any, anything else, um, at least in those quantities. And I think sardines are probably, as it relates to the o- ocean health, probably like 
a little bit more palatable to me than than some of the larger fish fish that are unfortunately very overfished. I just watched Seaspiracy, so. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> Which this is all information that I know has been available for a long time, but it was like yeah. working late on my computer in bed and my husband was like, we should watch this. And I was just look, like, oh my, yes. like we're all going to die. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we, we are from a climate. I mean, we are from climbing from the climate. I mean, it's not, yes. that's not, it's like, it, you know, it started off as like, learning about recycling when you were little and like thinking about like the environment. But I mean, we really, we really are at this, like a pretty, I mean, we have about six, seven years before it's basically, we've done things that are pretty wholly irreversible, which is extraordinary. But anyone who is interested in this is that, you know, I think a lot of people in health and wellness get into routines. So they eat a lot of the same stuff like over and over again. Mm-hmm. The research in microbiome will say that a lot of the the interesting data that's come out is that the diversity of plants that you Mm -hmm. eat kind of diversity of your microbiome. So really not getting as much into the habit of like, I eat this every single day, but really looking at like a diverse amount of plants and berries and stuff is actually like really been, been characterized as being increasing the diversity then in, uh, of your gut. Which I assume like, but, you know, me being active about like integrating that in my life, I've always just said, well, I'm just going to eat whatever's at the farmer's market every week. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Because clearly it changes with the season. You're supposed to be eating vegetables based on season anyway. Like it's weird to like fly in things from other countries when it's the right season there. Back to the bad news about the planet. It's um, just not as sustainable, obviously, to continue to fly things around the world that way. Mm-hmm. And then food has to get preserved and stuff as a result of that. But yeah, I mean, I, I think farmer, if, if for, for people that have access to farmer's markets, obviously there's like such poor, there's such big food deserts and, and food disparity. In so I think really wherever organic or not, um, I think wherever people can kind of consume different diverse plants, I think even if they have to eat frozen food is, is still really like good advice. It's not obviously not everyone has air one or can afford it. And so <laughs> Certainly, like I, I think that as a as a guiding philosophy is a good thing, and I and I and I do you know, and I think there's other things that get a little bit sensationalized, um, but you know, meat and meat is another one too, where you know you can decide what you want about circulating TMAO and all the other like inflammatory responses that we have to meat, and, and there's obviously so many big influencers that could really go to town debating that. You know, at the end of the day, like we just shouldn't eat meat because we're not going to have this planet anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Like, you know, I understand the, the, the love of it. Um, and you can talk about grass fed all day, but at the end of the day, like there's more chickens on the planet right now than humans, you know? Is that true? Yeah. It's crazy. Oh, that is just hit me like a ton of bricks. It's so odd being pregnant and thinking about (laughs) having many existential crises every day. (laughs) This episode is brought to you by Public Goods the one-stop shop for sustainable, high-quality, everyday essentials made from clean ingredients at an affordable price. Everything from coffee to toilet paper and shampoo to pet food, Public Goods is your new everything store, thoughtfully designed for the conscious customer. Rather than buying from a bunch of single product brands, Public Goods members can buy all of their premium essentials in one place with one beautiful streamlined aesthetic. We've never had products so chic in my house. Public Goods searches the globe to find clean, healthy, eco-friendly, innovative products 
We bought the towels as soon as we could find them because they were the most affordable, eco-friendly towels on the planet. I also love the dish soap. I love the one for my hands. I love the dish soap that I use in my washing machine. I love the dog soap. I love all of it. They ethically source and obsessively develop each of their products to be free of unhealthy ingredients and harmful additives still common on drug and grocery store shelves. So I'm really proud that everything that we get from them, including the coffee, is safe for everyone in my home. They're committed to making their products healthy and safe for humans, animals, and the environment. Knowing what's in your products and where they come from is important. Small changes in the way we shop can make a big impact on personal health and the world at large. They use a membership model to keep costs low and pass even more savings onto their customers. Best of all, you can make your first purchase with no obligation. They plant one tree for every order placed and incorporate sustainability into every part of the company. Join hundreds of thousands of others who have switched to their new everything store. I worked out an awesome deal just for my listeners. Receive $15 off your first public goods order with no minimum purchase. That's right. They are so confident that you will absolutely love the products and come back again and again that they're giving you $15 to spend on your first purchase. Plus right now, receive your choice of either a free pack of bamboo straws or reusable food storage wraps with your order. You have nothing to lose. Just go to publicgoods.com slash best or use code best at checkout. That's publicgoods, P-U-B-L-I-C-G-O-O-D-S dot com forward slash best, B-E-S-T to receive $15 off your first order. Feeling your best starts with what you eat. Sakara gives you the ability to not just eat healthy, but to truly enjoy it with chef-crafted, plant-rich meals that build a foundation for radiant health. Sakara is a nutrition company that focuses on overall wellness, starting with what you eat. If you follow me on Instagram, you know that I use every product they make, literally. Their organic, ready-to-eat meals are made with powerful plant-based ingredients and are designed to boost your energy, improve your digestion, and get your skin glowing. The menu of creative, chef-crafted, ready-to-eat breakfasts and lunches and dinners changes weekly so you never get bored. And it's delivered fresh to your door anywhere in the U.S. Along with delicious plant-based meals, Sakara also offers daily wellness essentials like supplements and herbal teas to support your nutrition. I take the prenatal. And before I was pregnant, I was taking the metabolism super powder. Honestly, every day it is transformed. Formative, Made with organic raw cacao, it works to boost energy, eliminate bloating, and minimize sugar cravings, and reduce fatigue. As soon as I give birth to this child, I will be taking it again every day. Sakara has received rave reviews from Vogue, Goop, and the New York Times, just to name a few. And right now, Sakara is offering our listeners 20% off their first order when you go to sakara.com slash best or enter best at checkout. That's sakara, S-A-K-A-R-A.com slash B-E-S-T to get 20% off your first order. Sakara.com slash best. What does it feel like to know how many people are actively using your product? Do you ever like have 
because you're I, you're a hyper intelligent person who I feel like might not have a moment where you sit down. I feel like you're probably like so academic that there's not moments where you're like, that's really nice. I mean, do you take that moment for yourself? Oh yeah. I mean, you know, I, whenever I get asked questions like about this stuff too, like I was asked yesterday in an interview, you know, what are the moments that actually it's a beautiful question. I mean, it, 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 and actually just asking the question obviously is an opportunity to like, just kind of stop and feel, feel that, Mm -hmm. you know, it's funny because my team would know me as the, like the crier, (laughs) the emotion (laughs) of my co-foundership and my co-founder Raja is much more the academic and like the, the head. And and I guess I'm more the heart in that way. Um, or the gut in that way. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if it's like, I I don't ever really think that so Mm -hmm. many people taking our product and that's not what Mm -hmm. usually registers, what registers the most with me is usually when people tell me how much their life has been impacted by what we do. And that can be sometimes by our product. And of course, like, I mean, things, you know, I'm sure, you know, a lot of people have autoimmune conditions and like Mm -hmm. IBS, but like we, I'm very proud of the fact that, you know, we have an IBS trial at Harvard right now underway with our daily symbiotic. And that came because we had so much anecdotal feedback from people who had ulcerative colitis and Crohn's and IBS who said, I can't live without your product. Mm. I can't, I can't hospital for years. And this is the only thing that ever worked. Now that is purely anecdotal feedback. We have no evidence to support that, but <laughs> it's really cool. It's very cool for us that that is what incepted a trial with honestly, one of the most no- notable like gastroenterological researchers in the world, Dr. Anthony Lembo at Harvard. And so that's underway now. And um, for us to better understand like why that that's happening. But I think like, when I, when I really, I get texts from people being like, I can't live without this. And my refill's not, uh, is like a day late. <laughs> <laughs> so I think actually I do feel I'm very moved by <laughs> people, but at the same time that creates a tremendous amount of accountability, mm-hmm. um, differently than if I was like sending them, you know, a t-shirt or like maybe a, another supplement that I was like, I don't, you know, was more of like maybe in what I call marketing health mm-hmm. uh, is it is it it's different than what we do um, and so I think like I think those are the moments and and then I think there's like when we're recruiting and I hear I think I am always surprised by who, people who know us like actually you know it's it's sometimes like you just like we we work so with our head down like I'm just like we just we're like we like create you know we're, we're I know, not, then, like, isn't it funny when you're like oh wait you're actually someone actually bought this yeah. Yeah. Like I, like I, there's a big, there's sometimes like, look, I'm not, I'm not the founder that at least not today that like tells everyone how amazing all of my ideas are in social media every day. I'm not Mm -hmm. like, I just like, we've been in a hole just like creating for four, you know, four years. And so I, I think sometimes I do forget that like we're in the world. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I do have to remind myself and, but I, I, I thank you for asking me the question because it is a really good opportunity to like, just like think about that. And I think it is like, we impact people, but not just with our products. I mean, we have people reach out to us and write letters about, they're like, I'm an M&A attorney at Skadden Arps and like, I do $12 million like transactions. And I just like went through your Instagram course and my life was changed. And I now know what my life's purpose is. And can I come work for you? I will do anything. And, and not just is because of the way we talk about science out in the world or, you know, you, we, we do partnerships with streetwear brands or artists or spoken mm-hmm. word artists, people and like photographers. And, you know, and I think that like the way that we're able to like amplify some of the ideas that we're also about, I think is sometimes as meaningful to me. Absolutely. 
You guys have a really cool, I always say like I try to find myself somewhere between like medical and woo-woo. Yeah. And you guys are definitely, I mean, I can't believe how many categories you cross in terms of like science and branding. I mean, it's really, you check like every box. I mean, it just is so fascinating. Also, someone sent me a business of fashion article yesterday that was talking about these like, like what is necessary for a new brand launch and seed was in like every category. I was like, it was so cool. Yeah. I mean, look, you know, in human health and, and, and you know, this, and I mean, in so many other, I mean, really in every industry, but like in, in health, there's kind of, and it's fascinating, actually, there's like, there's the science. And I think we know with COVID and climate change, like who cares if knowing, if you can't communicate it, Mm -hmm. um, vaccines, you know, it's with anything that suffers from like horrific misinformation and bad storytelling. Um, <laughs> I think that we spend so we spend probably just as much time and, you know, it's very rare to have a, you know, a company that has like Harvard immunologists and like people that worked in fashion. Yes, it's so cool. <laughs> but, uh, like, you know, and, but I think it's that interdisciplinary approach that says, you know, you can have the best science, but, you know, and, and in some ways, even, even, you know, we know, look, we know placebo effect is fairly well characterized too. Mm-hmm. So like, it doesn't matter. It matters what's, it, well, of course, what's, what's in it, but there's a lot of things that I think you see in human health that it's just like, for example, like someone will start taking a supplement, but at the same time, they don't realize that because of that decision to be healthier, they've also changed other things about their diet. What they'll tell you is the supplement changed my life mm-hmm. because they're not looking, you know, you're not like, it's not in your controlled clinical setting. People are like, well, what did you eat? What did you, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I think I've, I've started, there's a lot of people in the academic world and scientists who are like, well, that's not scientific. And this, but what you realize is this stuff is the experience of our bodies and our health is so, it's so emotional. The way we make choices is so, it's, it's not like the rational mind that always is, is what you have to appeal to. And so all the things that see, it's not like we're like sitting around trying to like manipulate you know, like, uh, um, from, from a neurological perspective, but you know, when, when you work in ecology, what we do like sustainability, for example, like our packaging, we get a lot of attention for, but it's so natural to us because it's like, when you understand biology, you understand, like, it's all the things that you 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 want, but I think out in the world, it looks like to your point, it's like brand packaging science, you know, (laughs) but it is all very like interwoven. And so it's, so it's kind of exciting when people recognize that about us because kind of just, you know, who we are, but also something we're really proud of. One bit of advice for someone who, I can't decide if I want to ask you one bit of advice for like something about. Well, you're not getting charged for questions. So you can ask. No, but, I, but, I wa- but I'm like, I can't, it's so funny because I, I feel like you're just like such a, you have so much information <laughs> that you can offer. So you know, in terms of, I think, cause I hate, I like, I always hate, there's so many like founder interviews. Right. And it, and I never ask a founder this question. Cause I feel like it's always a bland answer, but I feel like you'll be the best one to give me a real answer, which is like one piece of advice for like founding a company. Sorry. It's a hard one. I, I have a couple, a couple ways to answer the, the, I mean, look, the first piece of advice, my, the last thing my mom gave me before she died. Mm-hmm. And I was a teenager and I was definitely like a little asshole teenager. So like, <laughs> you know, I, we, we had our share of um, mom, daughter, teenage stuff. And 
she gave me a little wooden pin that said she didn't always follow the recipe. Mm. I've always thought that to mean a few things. One is that, you know, I think one of the things when you lose a parent early, one of the questions you ask is like, did she know me? Like, did mm. she, did like, you know, like, cause when you're a teenager and you're in that space, you're like, it's a, it's a hole that can really be unreconciled, you know? And I, I think that, so I thought that that always felt like, I think she kind of like, you know, my report card always said, um, she beats to her own drum. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of feel like it meant my mom kind of knew me uh, in that way. Um, but I think the second part of that was just to extract it as the piece of advice is, you know, there is no recipe. I always say like, no one's standing up on the Grammy stage. No one's getting an Oscar. No one's winning a Nobel prize. And they're like, yeah, yeah. So what I did was I went to Harvard mm-hmm. and then was I took this path and then I went to Goldman and then I did this. And then like, there, there, no one's, no one gets up there with this like, boring story of how they followed some like specific course or put specific like ingredients together to make what they're creating. And I I know it sounds like a very simplistic idea, but I think that particularly as for a lot of female founders, and I think there's like a lot of pressure to follow, like Mm -hmm. particularly in the way venture capitalists say something should be done the way that, and I think it's just like, you have to build with abandon, honestly. Yep. You have to build and believe and realize that the the building itself is what the, is the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that there's, there's absolutely no recipe for it. And whatever it, what the recipe is, it's going to be the way you do it. Um, doesn't mean you always get it right. Mm-hmm. There's a tremendous amount of pressure to kind of like follow this like specific methodology and to look, it's like, I'm building the Instagram of this, I'm building the, this of this. And like, and, and, and those are obviously important when you're raising money, I think to have those, but I think like no one's going to do it the way you're going to do it. Yeah, totally. No. And that's what makes a company is someone who's just doing it their own way rather than trying to follow what they think. Because also, by the way, like this is an entirely new era. <laughs> like this is everything that's happening now is new. So yes, it's, yes. it's, it's a beautiful, very cool time. This is the only time in the history of humanity where you could do and I could do what I do. And it's so cool. Uh- I mean, and con- yeah, I mean, look, anyone who studies evolution will tell you timing is everything. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that is such a funny <laughs> science joke. <laughs> yes, we have, a, I have, if you would like to schedule, hour, I have, as you can imagine, many of those. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. It's just so cool to see the fascinating woman behind seat. Oh, well, thank you. Um, I really admire the way that you you tell your stories and <laughs> and um, grateful to be included. Very happy that I had C through this pregnancy because another overshare. I have had no digestive issues. Mm, not yep. once. Yep. That's awesome. Well, thank God. Um, yeah, happy to hear that. <laughs> Don't have that experience when they're pregnant. Nope. Um, and that was like one of my biggest fears. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it's not, an, it's not a part of pregnancy. <laughs> I will. Absolutely. Thank you, Ara. Take care. Bye. And that, ladies and gentlemen, concludes this week's episode of Everything is the Best. I hope you enjoyed it. Please rate, review, subscribe, all that stuff. Maybe leave a comment. But remember, shitty comments are for shitty people. Go ahead and follow me on Instagram at Pia Barangini. And I hope you have a fabulous, fabulous rest of your day. Love you. Ciao.